simply because it's real. And so now I just want to end off and, and connect it to where we are right now and share a little bit about the Hargashot from this war. I'm finding a lot of, a lot of unnecessary stress in the last few months that are coming from falling into this. What does that mean? As far as I know, no one here in this room experienced what we're going through now, before in life. Even if some of you were around in World War II, I don't know if you remember how much was going on back then. I don't. Right, I'm just being Yotze right now. <laughs> but even if you were, you, you, we, don't, we, we, never, we never went through such a thing like this. But had you told me before this would happen, that something like this would happen, I would start to think to myself, that means I, I have to show up in a way like, like it's no one's business all the time. And if I'm not, then I'm not being real. And, and I'm just shying away. And especially, this is all family here, especially in any form of leadership role, it's even a million times more intense because you always feel like you have to, you have to provide. <clears throat> you have to provide all the time and be that anchor. But the more that I'm being in touch with people, the more that I realize being a real anchor for them is actually showing and exposing places of the most basic humanity in a situation like this. I find that the greatest chizot you could actually give someone is to share with them how freaked out you really are. As opposed to telling them any, like, bitachon vorts. That's just what I'm feeling. And especially when you see a vort, like you see a Torah like this from the Ishbitzer. He's saying... The Ribbona Shalaylam is running everything. We're all right now in this show. We're all puppets, pawns, whatever you want to call it. We're all going through this. And Hashem is Melochol Aretz Kevada. Hashem is running the whole thing. Ishbitz is saying, do you think the Ribbona Shalaylam wants you right now to remember a Chizuk Vort before you daven Marev, to start davening Marev? Or do you think that Hashem wants you from that place of what in the world is going on to daven from that place, if that's where you are. Again, the avoda isn't, let me try to freak out because that's what it means to be real. That's also fake. It's whatever it is, wherever you find yourself, however you find yourself. At that makom, that is the makom where the pasuk then ends and it says, and you remember me. You say, Hashem, this is where I am, and you're with me here. That's the makom we're speaking about. That's the space we're speaking about. The need to always show that we have it together to ourselves, or especially to Hashem, that's not, based on what, based on what this is telling us, that's not what Hashem is interested in. Definitely, dafka now, not even in times of crazy tzaros like this. Wherever we're at in life, where we're at now, we've that, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't even know what today really brings because they don't really give us the news till hours later, right? We don't really know. We haven't known anything. But I know that if many of us were told that we would go through what we were going to go through and after months we would still be in such seemingly loyodim, many of us would have maybe said, 
I probably couldn't keep up. It'd be, at a certain point, it'd be too much for me. I'd probably give up. But we're noticing something amazing about ourselves, something incredible about ourselves. This Indian can be, this Torah can be a life-saving Torah for the time that we're in. Hashem Barach only cares for us to express what we're feeling, not only what we hope to be feeling. If we really internalize that, we understand the whole point of Matan Torah, we understand the whole point of Yiddishkeit. If we would only be able to believe that what Hashem is interested in is not what I think Hashem wants to be here from, but exactly where I'm at right now, then every single moment would be a moment of expressing that to Hashem. Because I'd never say to myself, I have to wait till I'm something else. I have to wait till I'm bigger. I have to, I have to wait till I can show Hashem that I have it more under control. Hashem is Hashem. He's not an office, he's not a supervisor that wants to see if you have mature, responsible talents to know if you're nominated for the job or not. So lastly, I mean, I just thought about this right now, I just remembered this right now. There was once a big Rosh Yeshiva who came to a certain Yeshiva, and I'm, I'm forgetting the names of the places right now. One version of this is the Shidduch for, I think, the son of the Magid of Mizrich, but I heard this also in a completely Litvish Yeshiva also. It doesn't matter. The point is what matters. Some big Rosh Yeshiva came to look for a shidduch for his daughter. And they gave, they put him in a room, and they gave him like to test about four or five tests, to like faher, yeah, to test and see four or five different possible shidduchim for, the, for, the, for this Rosh Yeshiva's daughter. Four out of the five answered all the questions uh, that he had. And, and he showed all the sugyas they, they were holding. Back then, what did you, what did you choose the chassan based on? It's just their shas, really. <laughs> and if they knew how to smile, it was a bonus, right? That was really what it was. But, so the Rav tested all of them, and, and uh, each one said what, he, said what they said. But he didn't say back correct or correct. He just took in the answers, and it was more like a, if it's Shayach, I'll have my people call your people, kind of, a, kind of an exchange. The fifth person didn't know how to answer all the questions. So the, sham, the shamus that was there knew, okay, this one is for sure out of the, out of the race. And um, as the Rosh Yeshiva was traveling back in his carriage and leaving, going back, that one that didn't know the answers was running after, running after the Rosh Yeshiva and saying, I, I just want to know, I just want to know what is the answer. I just want to know actually what is the answer to the sukya. That's, that's all I want to know. And the Rosh Hashiva said, you're the chassan for my daughter. And the shamas said, but he didn't even know any of the answers. The other guys did. He says, yeah, but they didn't even check to see what the, if they were right or wrong. He just cares about the emas. He just wants to know the answer. So that, that story gives me a lot of hope that we're a door, that we're running after you at this point saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all the things we thought we knew, we realize we don't really know. But we're running after you to find out what it is. Bo mi We're still running after you to find out what it is. I don't know, that seems to me the greatest explanation of what it means, Lota suiti eloke kesef, eloke zahav, mizbach adama. That's the most adama 
kind of story you could pull out. Mizbach Adamat Haseli, that's the most real, that's the most raw. The real Rashi Yeshivas wanted to be around those that really just wanted to know what the Emes is, and not those that wanted to show the Rashi Yeshiva that they can do intellectual gymnastics in their mind to show how smart they are. Like the famous story, I keep on saying I'm ending with this, but I'm sorry, you're pulling this out of me. The, the famous, I'm going to close the Sefer to show you now we're, now we're ending. The famous story about the night that Rabbi Nachman became Rebbe. This is a very, this has a lot of versions, but I heard this from Rabbi Shlomo like this, and it stuck with me. It said that the night, you know, that Rabbi Nachman got married when he was 13 years old. That means he got married in 1785. Rabbi Nachman gets married at 13 years old. And the night of his wedding, he was standing by the entrance to his wedding, and he was asking each person, what are you doing here? Meaning, like, who, whose side are you? Like, like, you always meet people at a wedding. Oh, whose side are you on? You're, you know, wh- wh- why are you here? Chassan, Kali. So each person said, oh, I'm your, I'm your aunt's neighbor, or I'm your uncle's friend. Or like, all, all these different answers they were giving. Until one guy heard what Rabbi Nachman was asking, and he said to him, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Now, maybe he was invited from the Tzad of the Chassan of the Kala, but when he heard Rabbi Nachman say, what are you doing here? He heard Rabbi Nachman really asking the person, do you know what you're doing here? And he was brave enough to admit, I have no idea what I'm doing here. That Tzadik was known as Reb Shimon. And that, they say, he was the first Talmud of Rabbeinu. He was the first Talmud of Rabbi Nachman. And he was the one that they say that Rabbi Nachman then went with him into the forest and became his... That was the night that Rabbi Nachman became Rebbe. That was his first student. When he saw someone, when he met someone, just to know what the emet is. Just to know what the emet... No gvanim, no shades, no colors, no drama, no fabrications, nothing blown up. Just to know what the emes is. In the schus of someone that continues to have a very tremendously beautiful he'ara and ashpah in our lives, it should, she should be a melitzas yosha that for all of us, we should be brave enough to be as real as the end of the parsha tells us to be. Just raw, just real, just admitting that which we thought we know, clearly we don't know, but it doesn't change anything about how much we know Enod Milvado, and how much we know that only Yuri Bonashlom Bomi Baya. We're not letting you off the hook. We're sticking, we're sticking to this. And every ounce of marching towards Hashem in the name of Emes, even if it's painful, should always feel worthwhile. Even if it's hard, even if it's confusing, doesn't mean that it can't feel worthwhile. And to give each other koach, then when we ask each other, how are you doing? That the way that we ask someone, how are you doing? invites them to actually say how they're really doing and not what they think is the appropriate thing to say because there is no such thing. L'chaim. L'chaim, l'chaim.